Welcome to the PDL's official podcast, hosted by me, the commissioner and the owner of the Delco Dreamers, Tommy Yu, and I'm Darren from the Carolina Thunder. It's time to sit back, relax, and get ready for us to get off topic as possible. Greggy, the PDL season is now over, and how fitting is it that, unfortunately, Darren has to sit out on this one, but I feel like our listeners are still in for a treat because, like I said, Greggy, you're here, so I'm sure, as I'm, we kind of mentioned it a little bit before we started recording, so spoiler alert, Greg, I'm sure you woke up this morning happy as a clam because this, (laughs) unlike for us, season has been an absolute slog for you you're like i don't really care who wins i don't care what happens i just want it to get closer to the draft time and for you we are definitely one step closer because as i am sad to say it looks like the regular season of the pdl is now over the next chapter now begins and the pdl has already brewed up a lot of crazy storylines like the wild card race which we're definitely going to cover in just a moment but before we get there Greggy, how do you feel? The season's over for the Austrian Oaks. I'm sure the perception over there is a little bit different than for the rest of the league, right? Well, um, I mean, the regular season's over, but football's still happening. Um, when when draft season really kicks in, like maybe the combine, that's like when it starts happening. Like for now, I'm just like hoping that none of my players, Jaden Reed doesn't injure his ACL or something. Herbert mm-hmm. already broke his finger, but that's kind of like a broken bone is... If you're going to yeah, get injured, that, that's, that's like a good one. one. Yeah. So he'll be done for the year. But um, I mean, I'm, I guess, happy as I can be. <laughs> I'm happy to have four of the top six picks. I feel bad for Brian because he's so nice and he, he cares like a ton about winning. So I feel terrible. But at the end of the day, it's a zero sum game for happiness. Like if Brian's happy, Mike is sad. So someone is always going to be happy and someone's always going to be sad in this. So, um, yeah, I think, but I think Brian is in a better spot now than at the beginning of the year because he managed to like sort of retool his team anyway and also almost make the playoffs. So I know it sucks to not make it, but he has a lot of hope for his future with his young guys kind of stepping up and his quarterback position is now gone from two question marks to two guys there's no question about going to next marks. year. Like yeah. they're, the, yeah, like they're the starting quarterbacks for next year. So, no, not a lot of questions there. So I think when he, he kind of steps back and looks at it, he'll be happy um, at the outcome of the season and he'll be optimistic. And he already has his draft capital going into the off season, which is not what he had last year. So he can, he already said he's kind of turning his eye towards the draft at this point. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what Hollywood does because they were so close and you know, that whole wild card race, it really added a lot of storylines, a lot of things to watch us. So it added a lot of new wrinkles to this season, but like I said, it's the tragedy, right? It's what you just mentioned. It's, I feel like fantasy football isn't as much more. It's not like the act of fun. It's just trying not to be devastated the entire time. I feel like I, I'm always anxious when I'm looking at the scores and things like that. I'm just hoping that I'm not going to be devastated. But unfortunately for Brian, he's not there. But very fortunately for him, there are a lot of moves that could still continue that positive momentum that he at least had Um that he found a lot and established throughout this second half of the season. So with that being said, let's kind of jump over the takeaways. But before we do a quick update on the prediction record, Greg, you're still on top 69 and 15. I'm only one game behind you. So look at that 68 and 16 and uh, Darren, he kind of, I don't know. 
falling behind a little bit, 65 and 19. So maybe he's going to have to take my strategy and start trying to um, pick some different games to either pull out ahead or start falling behind because my strategy to slowly try to catch up has been working. But with the limited amount of games now, I feel like uh, I'm still not going to be able to catch it, Greggy. But with that being said, let's jump over to the one takeaways. And we're going to jump over to your game first, Murphy Street Empire. They just got that first round by and now they're just getting to sit back a little bit and what better way to end the season than going up against your team greg sorry for right now because for max i'm sure just like he has been for the most of the season he has just been looking to ensure that he was hopefully avoiding injuries but i'm sure when we get to the takeaways you can cover him because i'm going to cover you first i wanted to kind of ask a little bit of a retrospective of your season not ask but maybe cover it a little bit and then get a little bit of your takeaway because for your season, everyone knew that this was kind of a lost season. You're just kind of looking and seeing how the young talent that you kind of accumulate start to develop. Everyone already knows the special talent that um, Jaden Reed is. Anytime he gets the ball in his hand, he looks absolutely dynamic. He had a touchdown, I believe, again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last night, um, pretty much the only bright spot for the Green Bay Packers really weird looking offense and execution. Uh, but other than that, you have to be looking forward to all the other um, players developing. I feel like you have to be a little bit disappointed um, with uh, how Rashad Bateman has been developing, but more specifically, Justin Herbert, another injury plague season, but you have to be somewhat happy because there's absolutely no way Brandon Stanley's coming back. So does that kind of put you in a more positive outlook for Justin Herbert obviously having him on your team you have to be closely monitoring what the Chargers are doing right it can't be a worse situation <laughs> I don't think I mean the rumor is yeah like he's Staley's gone um at the end of the year and I don't think that's surprising and if Herbert doesn't play the last four games and it looks like he probably won't like if he's a broken hand he's not gonna be able to grip yeah, the ball. I think there was actually just uh breaking news that it oh, did he is out for the season. Yep, yep. Okay. He says out for the season following surgery to repair a broken index finger on his right hand per and Rappaport. So if I'm looking right now, they're at the 10th pick. So there, I don't think there's any shot that they win the next any of the four games. Um, so they're gonna be looking at a top 10 pick. It's a 10 now, it could be anywhere, I don't down to like the fifth pick, even like Chicago and LA have the same record at this point. Um so for me, that makes me pretty happy that they'll bring in a new coaching staff um, and they're going to have a good pick to either, I would expect surround him with some sort of wide receiver. I don't think they'll be high enough for Marvin Harrison, but there's like Malik Neighbors, um, Odunze, like maybe Keon Coleman if they want a bigger guy, although they just drafted Quentin Johnston, uh, maybe like Brock Bowers, or they could go the offensive line route like Joe Alt. Uh, Olu Fashanu could be someone up there near the top five. So I think there are a lot of offensive weapons in this draft. And yeah, it's pretty exciting, I think. And I think it'll be a good destination for a head coach. And that's why I was kind of hoping last year they would uh, open it up and, and look for head coach because, I mean, it has to be attractive if you're a guy like Bill Belichick, who's been slightly linked to LA. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but a veteran coach comes in, maybe he doesn't have like 30 years of coaching left. He's going to want a franchise quarterback right out of the gate. So it seems like a good situation to step into and they have a bunch of talent. They're just not getting the most out of it. So um, yeah, I'm optimistic. I still think he's one of the top five best quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he's 
really shown anything negative to me this year. Um, if anything, I'm a little bit happy that he's been running a little bit more and shown off some of his legs. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm optimistic again, but at some point he's going to have to put it together uh, as far as like real NFL football goes and get rid of the kind of like can't win a playoff game type uh, narrative around him. Yeah, and right now the Austrian Oaks unfortunately follows in Hollywood's footsteps as the only other franchise to not win a game in the PDL season, falling at 0-14. But your opponent is kind of on a different trajectory. They locked up a bye, of course, as uh, a lot of people anticipated. Ended the season at 12-2, and defeating your team this past week, 129-95. to So Murphy Street Empire, Greggy, what's your takeaway for, uh, in my opinion, one of the favorites to win it all? I think that JT might be coming back at just the right time to be a savior. And he needs a little bit of help because he was kind of cold to start the year. And then he was really on fire midway through the year. And then he's kind of cooled off. I think the last few weeks, I don't want to, Oh no, I'm just talking shit. He scored like 160 points last week and then 180 the week before. Okay. I'm just absolutely making shit up right now. Um, but he had a couple. Just of trying to give was maximum losing. bulletin board material. I get it. I see. Bullet. I'm not. I'm not even on the bulletin board, so I don't know what it matters. Um, but he he was losing people to injury. Like Tyreek got banged up. Christian Kirk was gone. Um, last week, I think he'll be gone for the year probably, or at least the fantasy year. Uh, Stroud just got concussion, so he's lost a couple guys here and there. So, um, it'll be. Really good to get kid to get JP JT back and be able to score some reliable points in probably two weeks. So uh, I don't think he'll be playing. Yeah, he's not playing you in the first round or whatever second round of the playoffs. Um, so he'll probably get the. I don't know. Well, we'll go over the matchups later. But um, anyway, it'll be really good to get JT back. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. He definitely getting this by is deserved. And I feel like his team is definitely going to enjoy having a little bit of extra time to kind of get healthy uh, before jumping into the playoffs, because I'm sure Max has hopes to make a really, really deep run. And I'm sure no one really wants to be seeing Murphy Shared Empire on their schedule, myself included. So let's continue and jump over to the Wichita Whirlman taken on the Boulder Bears. So. What is your takeaway from here? I would love to kind of hear your takeaways on one of the most cursed franchises because I'm sure Jeff is kind of tired of me rehashing all of the heartbreaks that he has had throughout the season. But right now, Jeff and the Wichita Whirlwind has fallen to 3-11. and 11, And we already know kind of the context of how this season has went. He has gone absolutely dumped on. And when he's not getting dumped on, he's losing by, you know, single digit points and that's kind of been the story for him and finally jeff your misery is now over uh which is great hopefully you get to put this chapter behind you but yeah what is your takeaway here greg i'm realizing this is this is really difficult because we're at this point of the year and pretty much the storylines have already been defined and i just feel like i keep repeating the same thing over and over for these teams and so it's a bit of a struggle but i think for jeff um I'm interested to see what he does because he already traded away his pick for next year. So I don't think he's going to go into some sort of full rebuild mode here, but he doesn't have a lot of capital in the upcoming draft. He has a second and two fourths. So he doesn't have a lot to play with there. I don't know if he's going to 
trade away some of his like underperforming players, but then you're kind of selling low. Um, I don't know if he's going to try to maybe trade up in the draft and like dangle some underperforming guys like, like a T Higgins or something who still has value, even though he's underperformed. Um, I, I, I don't know what he's going to do. Like he wouldn't sell a guy like Dalton Kincaid or Christian Watson who are younger and core pieces of his team. And he just got Jared Goff and I don't think two is going anywhere. So um, I'm very interested to see how he handles the season. And if he feels like he needs to make any changes or will he just run it back and kind of say like next year, I hope the luck is a little bit better and I don't get, have the maximum points against by 300 points again. There's 200, 230 points um, compared to my goodness. Team. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what he does in the offseason. So I guess we'll see. Cause he was very aggressive last year during the draft, like trading up um, to get, did he trade up to get QJ or, or Kincaid? I don't know. One of the two he traded up to get. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. giving away his and then this he year, traded so. up again to get Rasheed Rice in the second and then yeah he 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 was moving pretty aggressively throughout the draft process and in the offseason yeah so uh, I'm very interested to see I don't know if we'll expect trades to happen during this playoff period for the non-playoff teams or because me personally I'm sort of I know I know this is the first season where we have this like I'm allowed to trade thing but at this point in the year like why would I trade for players because they're going to get injured when my picks don't have any injury risk. So I don't know that we'll see a lot of movement now, but uh, maybe after the season ends, we'll see like we did last year with a a kind of spending spree. And I think Eckler was sold and and Kelsey and that kind of stuff all happened very early in the off season. So maybe like January, February would be uh, when he makes some moves, but um, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, absolutely. My takeaway over for the Boulder Bears and Tanish is uh does he have any more magic left in the tank? He's he made the playoffs pretty much despite Darren after Darren pretty much said, No, I'm not giving you your first round pick back. So then Tanish turned around and said, All right, well, let me try to make that pick as bad as possible and since then he's pretty much acquired like a ragtag group that he's been piecing together and it kind of really led him to this magical run where he now finds himself in the playoffs ending the season at nine and five just got a victory over jeff 117 96 and here are just some notable players that you could either say had a resurgence in their career or had a surprising uh, impact at least in fantasy this season where he most obviously probably has to be one of the mvps he's currently the rb2 which is absolutely unbelievable and i don't think many people would have uh, been able to say that and obviously zach moss there are moments where he was uh, rb1 category easily for a stretch that a lot of people didn't see coming even devin singletary was able to jump in and really be high contributor for this team and so he was really able to assemble once again this ragtag group a lot of it from hollywood um has little you know heavy lifting and so my real question is, is this going to last? Because right now the quarterback position does look like a weakness with Gardner Minshew and Aiden O'Connell, who was started. I laugh now, but I mean, Gardner Minshew has put up some impressive weeks. Obviously, right now, Pickett is currently out, but we also have seen what Zach Wilson was able to do this past week, dropping 23 points. Well, I kind of feel like I'm baiting people because the one thing we know about Zach Wilson is he's not able to do it on a consistent basis. So it's time will tell. It takes a lot of balls to start Zach Wilson in the playoffs when you have to win, right? But it's kind of the position that Tanny or sorry, Tanish put himself in. And because he put himself in this position, but still have found the success, I would still say he's sprinkling a little bit about 
uh, of that Boulder Bear magic kind of on the team. So I'm interested to see if that's going to be able to sustain because it looks like it's kind of been fading a little bit, but maybe the playoff energy is going to be able to renew a spark into his team. So I'm going to be really, really interested. I know Darren wants him to be out ASAP so he knows what pick that can be. And I'm sure uh, Tanner's going to keep pushing forward, but we will get to that um, game a little bit later because I feel like all the storylines in that one's going to be huge. So let's jump over to the next game where Steve and the Denver Bruce took on Welch and the Dallas Drip. What is your takeaway from this game, Greggy? So before the season, I thought Steve was a, a contender. So I thought he was the third best team and I thought he was going to make a deep playoff run. His team has just been beaten to oblivion. Um, I know, I know Darren sort of downplayed Steve's IR, uh, but losing Aaron Rodgers and Nick Chubb is huge. Darren Waller was supposed to have a big year as well. So that's, and he, he's had a huge weakness at tight end and there was no depth really behind Darren Waller. So you can't, you can't be walking out Tanner Hudson in your, your tight end position and expect to win in the playoffs. So from my perspective, I just put a question here, contender or pretender. And for me at this point, in the year. I think Steve's probably a pretender. I don't think he's a real contender to win the league. I would say it's probably you, Max and Darren in that order. And then I guess Steve would be fourth, but I think there's quite a big gap between the the top three uh, and, and Steve at this point, even though I know he, he made some moves to kind of shore up um, his depth and acquiring Keenan Allen and Thielen, but Allen just lost Herbert for the year and, I don't know that Keenan Allen with Easton stick is going to be <laughs> a real difference maker in the, in the playoffs. So um, it remains to be seen, but I, I think he's fading a little bit and it just, the attrition has kind of gotten to his roster and uh, he, he might be moving on to next year sooner rather than later. Yeah, the fact that the Denver Bruce was still able to navigate to an 11 and 3 record in the PDL despite all of the injuries is an accomplishment accomplishment within itself, but I feel like kind of like what you mentioned, it's getting to a point where it's really going to start impacting this team with Keenan Allen kind of going or not sorry, not Keenan Allen, but Justin Herbert going down hurting Keenan Allen. There's even like tertiary effects impacting this team all of a sudden. So, I feel like when it comes to the playoffs, it's going to get a little bit Dicier trying to make these start sits, but my takeaway uh, from this game has to be a little bit about the state of the drip. The drip kind of was a little bit ambiguous, almost a little parallel to Hollywood, where I felt like they might have been doing a little bit of flip flopping. At one point, I thought they're competing. The next, they're kind of kicking the can down the road, and then they're still making these other trades. Where I'm like, well, are they in or are they out? Kind of like a hokey pokey almost. But they end the season at six and eight, and there still is some promise around this team, right? You still have Trevor Lawrence who, you know, continued to show flashes currently the QB 11 in the PDL in our current scoring format. Obviously we know the story of Brees Hall, despite the anemic jets offense, he's still currently the RB 12. And that's with, you know, how he was utilized, how he's integrated uh, earlier on the season. We didn't know what was happening. Dalvin cook, uh, Drake London looks like the guy when he actually gets the targets, he just had 11 targets and he caught uh, 10 of them for almost what? 175 or sorry 172 yards um he, he's a monster nico collins looks like something great sam laporta one of the best uh rookie like he has a lot of pieces I don't, I don't have to go through it all even though that's kind of what i was doing but at the same time that's kind of how 
Dallas has kind of been looking, right? He's been accruing so much young talent, and we thought this was the year where he was going to finally cash in some of this draft capital to say, all right, let me get some maybe veteran pieces along with all these youth pieces, and let me start competing. And he didn't. He kind of pushed it back a little bit further to say, let me continue to acquire. And right now, it might be the right move because, look, the assembly of talent here is undeniable, but it's now the consistency. Uh, we know when Welch first, or when the PDL first started, Welch was a runner-up in the league, um, and he was so close. And the second year, he got close again. He made it back into the playoffs, and it looked like he might be able to do it again, but then fell short once again. And then since then, we really haven't seen the competitive side of Welch. So I'm hoping that this upcoming season, it's going to change that because right again, he's going to be at the same crossroads of, all right, do I compete now or am I going to kick the can again? And if history has anything to tell us, Welch has been kicking the can and being a little bit more hesitant. So hopefully there's going to be a little bit more aggression, but hey, that's kind of the fun of how the PDL works. You never know where it's going to go. So let's jump over to the next game. The Delco Dreamers taking on Hollywood. There were so many storylines in this game. Uh, Yes, I'm biased because this was my game as well, but all eyes are on this game because A, Delco Dreamers undefeated streak on the line and B Hollywood was leading the wild card race heading into this week. And then um, we all kind of know what happened there. Right, Greggy? Yeah. So I, I also was not awake during this. The The games happened at two 15 AM my time. So <laughs> I really fair. wasn't watching this live. I just kind of checked in in the morning and saw how close it was. But uh, even you really... knew the storylines, even despite not watching the games, just probably because of what they were talking about. in the Yeah. Chat and, and I knew how like close that. it was going to be going into the game. Like they were all, I don't know. Oh, first off, why were there two Monday night games? Do you know that? Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think what happened, uh, there are so many jokes that were happening uh, when the TV like con- or schedules and everything came out because everyone saw that there was a doubleheader on Monday night. And they do other weird scheduling things at the end of the NFL season. Like we have a couple games on Saturdays that's coming up and stuff like that. But regardless, doubleheader on Mondays, I feel like what happened is ESPN got tired of getting like burned. I guess on having bad Monday night games. So maybe I, I, what I think happened is now they're just doubling down. They're like, all right, give us two games. Oh, they were both um, on ESPN. Well, I don't know if they're both on ESPN, but they did the thing where, cause I watched it through the Eli or the Manning cast. Cause they kind of did it like red zone style where they talked about both games, uh, like simultaneously. Oh, okay. So I feel like the only way to do that is if it was through, I don't know. Monday night football through ESPN. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they would have but, to have the rights. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I feel like that's what happened. That like ESPN was just tired of getting the shit Monday night games and they're like, fuck, fuck it. Let's just try to do two. And uh, ironically, both of the games were kind of crazy. Uh we don't have to break that down specifically, but um, yeah, just want to throw it back over to you. There are a lot of storylines with Delco and Hollywood. So um, yeah, I know obviously you weren't up for it. So many things to break down here. So let me just throw it over to you first. What was your takeaway? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um I was going to say, like, there were a lot of players in, in a Monday night game, which generally we don't have that much, that many, like, questions going into the Monday night game. It's been pretty pretty well-defined. There's been a couple maybe throughout the season, but I don't think there's been a lot of nail-biting finishes for in the league, honestly, um, on Monday nights. There was the one game, like, Brett won and then lost after stack correction or something. But <laughs> um, in general, we don't have that many players, but that's because there was a doubleheader, I guess, so no duh. Um, but, yeah, I... I I would just go back to what I said before. I think it's definitely going to be pretty depressing for Brian. And I know he loves to make playoffs, but he has to be happy that he was even in that position when halfway through the year, he decided to kind of blow it up. And then 
started performing even better after he traded away a bunch of players. So yeah, I, I think he still has to be happy with the year. He has draft capital already. His young players look really good. Um, there's not a lot of massive holes on his roster. Like he has Bijan leading the running back room. He's going to have Tank Dell and Josh Downs there in the wide receiver room. He still has Mike Evans, who's probably going to put up another 1,000 yards next year. Uh, Jalen Warren is, if not a running back too, he'll be a flex consideration. And like we said, he already has two solid quarterbacks. So I get it's disappointing for him, but at the the end of the day, I think it's um, I think he'll be happy when he looks yeah. back the year. Oh, I was I'll, supposed to do you. That's a okay. I just wanted to jump in real quick and just kind of echo what you were saying because this is the first year that Brian isn't going to make the playoffs in the PDL. The Hollywood Hustle fall to six and eight, one and a half point short from the wild card spot. And so, Brian, I'm sorry. I don't want to rehash that wound, but I did want to at least add and and I apologize if this feels like I'm adding salt to the wounds. I promise that's not the way I intended. But this kind of shows the intrigue and excitement for the wild card spot race, right? Because Brian was like, oh, I don't care what my record is. I don't care about anything. All I care about was getting the most points for, and that's kind of what happened. And it was a battle essentially came down to Hollywood versus Southern Oregon smoke. It was really fun to follow along. I was almost looking at that scoreline more than my own scoreline of how it would go just because I knew that race was going to be just so interesting. So uh, very excited to see how the wild card race shaped up for the very first time we uh, integrated it back to six teams. And so uh, I'm sure at the owners meeting, we are going to discuss how we enjoyed it, uh, how we like the changes, all that kind of stuff. So I am excited to hear some feedback on that, but yeah, overall, I, I completely agree. It has to be disappointing for Brian, but with all the pieces that he has, I mean, his franchise is still looking real nice. I'm sure there's a lot of voters that are kind of looking at his piece that, you know what, I don't, I wouldn't mind swapping spots with this guy. And so, yeah, uh, with that being said, sorry, I'm going to have to throw it back over to you, bud, because I don't, I'm not a Darren. I, I don't like talking about my own team, but uh, yeah, takeaways for Delco. Yeah, like I said, with Max's team here yeah same script we're just kind of rehashing it here again and again it's only so much um, we can talk about right yeah and but next week it would feel really bad if you lost players to injury while you were not even playing yeah, like, yeah you that's don't how even you have a meaningless mind. game you just have no game at all <laughs> and you get no credit for those points that players are scoring and you lose a player so i just said bubble wrap your players uh christian mccaffrey like if shanahan does that nonsense well, he won't do it because he's not on the touchdown record anymore, but he brought him back into the game to just run the goal line. You'll, you'll be calling the stadium in San Francisco, like, get him the fuck out of there. Like calling a bomb <laughs> threat or something at San Francisco <laughs> Stadium. Yeah. To get him out of the, there. You know what uh, I have to hope for? That like McCaffrey has like a decent game, like close enough where he's like close to some other records towards the end of the year. So during my actual playoff games, Shanahan's like, all right, we got to get McCaffrey yeah. all these like single season records for the Niners now. Let's get to him. I'm going to be like, oh, thank you so much, Shanahan, for abusing McCaffrey for literally no reason. This makes me so happy, but no, I completely agree. It's always just making sure that um people aren't there. But one thing I want to throw over to you, Greggy, isn't equally, no, obviously not equally as bad because if someone's hurt, that's absolutely devastating. But uh, just for the sake of the fun conversation, doesn't it also feel equally as bad if you have a bye week and then you like your entire team just like explodes? Because obviously it doesn't work out like, oh, okay, now they're obviously going to flop next week. Obviously that logic doesn't happen, but it's just like, oh my God. Like, what if this is the random game where Stefan Diggs gets right and catches like three touchdowns and I'm just sitting here and be like, well, cool, nice. 
please do this again next week. You know what I, I mean? Don't think, like, I don't think that's as bad because you're like, wow, they did that. They yeah, could do yeah. that again. Yeah. It's like, you know, just showing what you got. Like, it's uh, you're so arrogant that you don't even need your players to perform and you're scoring points. That's like a huge flex. <laughs> like, you just, just be like, oh, engine, yeah. Right. Just try, kind of like scaring the opponent the week before, be like, yeah, yeah. who wants to match up like, with Delco? I can score I 300. <laughs> I can drop oh, 300. Man. You don't have a chance just demoralizing your opponent. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe I should I'm not be in the position to more be, into shit talking. To be getting bye weeks. So I don't know. In my redraft league, I'm in first place. Oh, but nice. This Let's go. The league has no buys. <laughs> so what there's a fucking point of me being it. There's eight teams that make the playoffs. Well, hopefully, the person you're playing against does it feel like a buy at least if you're up against the eight seed? Oh, well, oh my God. Um, eight teams? My I'm God, playing against the commissioner who set up the dumb fucking rules in this league. So hopefully, I just absolutely trash him. <laughs> He, like he wouldn't implement you. fab. He told me he didn't like fab. He likes the old waiver priority system, so he can fuck off. And <laughs> secondly, he set up this dumb eight teams make the playoffs, like a participation medal league. Um, How bad do you no have to be to miss to the win. playoffs if there's eight teams? Uh, last year I did it. so bad. But I lost all five of my first five round picks to injuries. Oh, that'll do it. Three weeks. I like <laughs> just, it. just like, like a tornado came through my team and just took You're like, I should have just auto drafted my team. That would have been yeah. much better. <laughs> I think it was like the first week Javante Williams got injured and I'm like, oh shit. You're like, I'm oh, like, it's over. So it's it going to be this kind of season. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically what happened. You miss the playoffs if all of your team gets injured. And yeah. It's not like Dynasty where you have the depth to, to replace them. You just kind of. You lose the whole season in redraft. Yeah. You just kind of sit there, just try to play through your archaic non-fab system, the waiver system. But yeah, it's just stupid that, that I don't even get a bye week. So what's the what's the point of we also have the <laughs> game against the median, which I really hate as well. Uh, I know some people like it, but I, I just absolutely hate it. And it's it's stupid. But this is just my friends league. So I join it so I can play with my real life friends. Um and they're not serious. And any qualms you have, you're just sitting there like, all right, don't worry, Greg. It's just, it's just casual. It's just casual. Well, I don't even know these guys. So I only know like two people in the league in the commissioner. So I can't be like, he's an actual like friend of my friend. So I can't be like, you're a fucking <laughs> moron, dude. Yeah. That'd be so funny if you just started. To yeah, actually, I, I feel like Darren people. would, Darren would just start trashing. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You moron. I'd be like, oh God, oh God. I, I But I would get in trouble. Like my friend's wife would be mad. <laughs> Yeah, they hang out with them, and then like I'm like, it's a whole thing. All right, let's get back on track. Don't worry, I can do this. So we're almost there. The Dubrovnik Dragons and Brett takes on the. You take a lot more effort getting me back on track than you do, Darren. I'm just gonna. You don't like my voice. No, for me, it's because I can input at least in Darren's story because I'm a part of. But for you, I'm I get to be a listener. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, wow, that was a really good story. And then I have no good transition to try to get us back. Whereas for Darren, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know, I know how to wrangle Darren. You know what I mean? I, I respect I'll move in you with you for much. a couple couple months. I have a sabbatical that I need to yeah, take. Yeah. I'll, I'll come stay with you. The amount of money I would pay you to help me with childcare. My God, I'll give you a room. I'll give you everything. You And then I'll have you, you'll have your own little setup. You can play WoW in the corner. Just make sure you just uh, take care of the baby. Wanna cry. Oh, my God, we can make this work. But hold on. We're jumping over to the California earthquake taken on uh, the Robbie Dragons. And Brett came out on top on this one. So ending on a little positive note. So I'm going to jump right in it here and actually break down and do a pivot and talk about Michael's team because he is a first time 
um, owner, rookie owner in this league, ends it at 3-11. and 11, And I kind of want to throw it over to you a little bit too, Greggy, because obviously we know this is the shadow of Josh's former team. So many, ch- I don't think there are, is another team that went through as many changes really as this team. Uh, I, I guess you can make the argument with Hollywood as well because they were kind of in and out. But the earthquake specifically, they had a wild trajectory this offseason. But I feel like this is something that this franchise needed. It was so directionless, had no identity with Josh. And so Michael comes in and tries to avenge it and tries to give it a little bit of oomph, give it a little bit of something that he wants. And at the end of the day, now he's kind of sitting with a franchise with Kyler Murray. He has that stack, I believe, with Hollywood. And it has a little bit more of the direction and or at least a strategy. Michael keeps saying, don't worry, there's a plan. There's a crazy master plan. And when it comes full circle, you guys will see. So with that being said, what is uh, kind of your take? Uh, not takeaway, I guess, because it's really my job to do so. Um, but yeah, what is your... Um, mini takeaway maybe review of how you see josh's team so far post one season i guess because obviously this is everyone who took over this team or anyone that would be taking over this team had a huge amount of work ahead of them so we weren't expecting a quick turnaround but yeah what are your thoughts well i'm gonna make it about me real quick and say that i'm i'm happy that he still got me the second overall pick i'm (laughs) i'm pretty happy with that because i was afraid for a little while there that he was going to be winning a little bit too much and losing. Yeah, like he got Kyler, like he got guys that could start putting up points. And I was like, oh, I'm sure uh I'm sure Greggy's looking at that, be like, oh what the I heck? I was sweating man? a little bit. Um but no, I think I think he's not done. I think he's gonna make a ton of moves. I wouldn't be surprised if he if between the end of the season and the end of the rookie draft, he's the person with the most trades. Um it really wouldn't surprise me. I don't think he's set on his roster. I still feel like there's a ton of guys he's willing to move. And even guys that he didn't want to move, like Stroud, he landed up moving anyway in the right deal. So, excuse me, I think he's always willing to deal. So I, I expect a lot more movement from him, and it's not even the beginning of um, the, the trades that he's going to make. And he's made it known that he wants to win even without – well, he doesn't have his pick next year, so there's not really incentive for him to lose. So I think he's going to try to shuffle around and get some more win-now pieces – and be like a, a fringe playoff team next year, maybe make the wild card spot, something like that. So I think we're going to see a lot of activity for him if that's going to happen. And it could be a good opportunity where a, a guy like Jeff, like I just said, might be looking to retool a little bit, kind of trade away some of those players, get some draft capital. That could be a good match with him and Michael to trade some of those players. Michael might want to take a bet on. Uh, Jeff maybe just wants to get out on some guys and get some draft capital. Uh, in this draft instead and rebuild through the draft. So yeah, I think he's going to be probably, that would be my bet is he's going to be the most active owner um, this year in the off season. So I think that's always exciting because when you see that a trade has been completed notification on your phone, you're like, what the f- like, what's going on? And then you see like <laughs> generic prints and a fourth was traded for a fourth and you're like, fuck. You're like, oh my God, I just like got this, got. I opened my phone for this. I'd rather have gotten Rick rolled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. I definitely feel like Michael is not done. He definitely is going to be pretty, pretty active. So I'd take that bet with you. Uh, what are your takeaways for Brett, though? Definitely a different chapter. Brett now misses the playoffs, I believe, for the first time as well since his tenure in the PDL, falling at 4-10. and 10. The Dubrovnik Dragons is starting that new chapter, like I mentioned. So what is your takeaway for this team? I think, I, I don't know how long 
So I don't know. I've only been in the league two years. I don't know if before that he was actually making draft picks, but he might be Googling now, like, how do dynasty drafts work? He hasn't <laughs> been involved in the drafts at all. Like he had a fourth round pick last year. And I think the year before that, he had like a third or a fourth or something. So he's just been completely issuing the draft. Like he just not interested in the draft at all. So, you know, it's a new experience for him. Maybe he's going to be, he's going to be watching addict. ESPN on like the big, uh, you know, like the big board that they have. And he's gonna be like, Oh my God, they're talking about players. I might have a chance to actually get now. Like I'm allowed to watch this guilt-free. Yeah. Next year he's going to be like players. I don't like players. Give me them picks. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be drafted. So Darren's going to shed a tear. He's going to be like, yup. They changed so fast. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know, but it was, was it like that before? Like did, did Brett ever have a lot of picks or just, no, he kind of came in and uh, no, very similar, I guess, to Brian. He was kind of like F them picks and he would cash them in for players and things like that. So that's why he said this is just definitely a whole new regime, not a regime really, because the same people, but a new era really, because their perception of how they need to kind of continue forward is now kind of going against what they have done before, where it was F them picks. It's probably now more of, hey, uh, let's give these picks a chance now. And I think I think one of the fun things here that I will say and that Brett can take advantage of this year is when you don't have a lot of um, like history in the draft. So I still up to this point in the league, haven't really made many draft picks. So I don't think you guys know what no, kind of players I, have I like. No idea. You're, like you've been taunting me. You're yeah. like, there's this one player I really want to walk away with. And normally I, I don't want to toot our own horn, but I think it's just because of how obsessed Aaron and I are of the beat We have a pretty good pulse on how people's like who they like, who they don't like. But when it comes to you, Darren and I always talk about it, like there's always a wild card in the draft, and it's always used to be Mike because not not in wild card of oh we don't know who he's gonna pick because I think we have a pretty good pulse from what who has like who he's selected in the past of who he kind of gravitates towards. It's more of like oh we never know if he's gonna trade it, hold a hostage, what's happening. But for you specific, I'm like dude, I don't even know. Like if he had like the first overall pick, who would he take? I don't even know. So no, you're completely right. There is a little bit of strategic advantage of being able to not figure out patterns, but get to know the owners. But for you. Man, what I would pay to be, uh, you know, see all your redraft team rosters and stuff like that to be like, all right, I really got to figure out who this guy likes. Yeah, so I think that's fun, Brett. Like you can just taunt Darren, just start start dropping hints in the the chat, like like Max did with the Roshan Johnson news last year. <laughs> like just just start dropping links for specific <laughs> players that you don't even like and you just want people to take, just to get them out of the way for you. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We so. know the power of propaganda in the PDL, right? <laughs> we see it in the yeah. draft process. We see it in the podcast. He has a podcast, yeah, we, so oh, yeah, he can uh, he can put out whatever narrative he wants out there. So yeah, just uh, just enjoy that, and you know, season's over, but um, the real season begins now. Oh for yeah, us, the uh, mind builders begins. Yeah, this so is that's it. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be fun. So let's jump over to the game of the week, and boy, oh boy, was this fun because. Darren to Carolina Thunder, what better way to end the regular season than with an absolute bang and leading the league yet again in scoring? This had to be, what, his thir second, third, fourth time? I don't know how many times he's done it, but he scored 185 points um, to defeat Mike Servas in the Southern Oregon Smoke, who put up a re still respectable 125 points. But let me go over and do the takeaways for my good old friend, Darren, because I knew if you had takeaways, you might be poo-pooing them. But despite the fact that he has, uh, what, Baker Mayfield and Stafford as quarterback, he's still 
able to absolutely light up the scoreboard. And that's no disrespect to Stafford because I feel like he's been playing absolutely lights out and same with Baker Mayfield, um, at least uh, in games where Darren has been counting on him a little bit more. But I think what's more important is everyone else on his team has kind of been hitting, right? Because there's always been questions about consistency. But Travis Etienne, currently the RB3, Jameer Gibbs, who is obviously been turning it on and, you know, kind of has that little bit of rookie inconsistency, but still is an absolute weapon because he was able to contribute to the 185 points by dropping almost 16 points. Everyone knows CeeDee Lamb kind of really ascending this year to really kind of be uh, who everyone wanted him to be in Dynasty for the longest time, so on and so forth. Pretty much everyone that he has touched they have been able to produce points and he's getting hot at the right time. I feel like so far in the PDL season there, there I kind of explained this past season in about three waves beginning of the season, Delco dreamers. My team was so hot. Like I was putting up points like you wouldn't believe. And then we kind of hit a slump. And during that slump, Murphy street empire caught fire for a lot more impressive and longer streak than Delco because he was able to max was able to sustain this for over a month. It was like five, six weeks where his team was like putting up 180 points. Like it was easy. And then all of a sudden, I'm not saying max has cooled off, but now, Darren's turn to kind of step up because I feel like the past two, three weeks, there isn't another team that's scoring more points than Darren and he's kind of doing it at the right time. So we'll see if it's sustaining. And of course, it's fantasy football. It's no such thing as, Oh, is he getting hot at the right time? Because it's just, you know, fluctuates, but just for this narrative's sake, I feel like no one really wants to play Darren. And I think the biggest uh, respect I could give him is I'm really, really upset with how this season went because I know Darren has been bitching about the schedule, but at the end of the day, Darren and I are the ones that are screwed because now my road to the championship has to go through Darren. Uh, if Darren wins and I win, it, there's no way I can avoid it. And so that's really, really disappointing because uh, it, honestly, if you like I said, if you look at the statistics, his team is currently technically one of the best, uh, especially if you count just for the small sample size of the past two, three weeks. But, oh boy, it is not going to be fun. Uh, Greggy, I'm sure you're kind of throwing up in your mouth because you're like, oh my gosh, can you get off your knees, Tommy, and uh, be respectful and stop talking about Darren in this Tommy, I, I thought Darren was here. <laughs> all right. Maybe um, I'm asking my voice and this is Darren. But for all those reasons, I definitely want to throw my flowers over to him because I know how much of a struggle his uh, tenure in the PDO has been so far. Not a playoff win, but he is heading into the playoffs, as I'm sure we're about to break down very shortly. But before we do, we want to throw those roses, of course. But if I wanted to add a little bit of concern and doubt is how sustainable will it be? Right? Because right now when Baker Mayfield and Stafford plays well, he has the skill positions to be able to keep up with literally anyone. But if Baker Mayfield maybe has that one game where he, you know, only puts up like eight points, is that going to be something that's going to make this team crumble? That thought had to have entered Darren's mind, but it really shouldn't because once again, one of the highest scoring teams for the past couple of weeks. So with all of that being said, Greggy, what is your takeaway with the team that kind of snuck into the playoffs uh, at seven and seven? At one point, he was one of the few uh, undefeated teams with me for a little while now. And then obviously he had a lot of unfortunate luck. He pretty much... I don't want to say mentally checked out, but I think he, he was pleasantly surprised to find himself in that wild card spot, which kind of devastated Brian because we all know how hard he was going for. But with all that being said, what is your takeaway for this team that just, you know, kind of snuck into the playoffs? I think he's going to go as far as Jefferson Jefferson does. If if he's out again, he's like the, the Grandpa Simpson meme where he like comes in the door, puts his hat away, picks up his hat and walks out the door again. <laughs> he played what? Half a quarter? And he got injured. 
something like that. Like he, yeah. he played a couple snaps and yeah. then was immediately like, out again. Just played just enough to kind of get you excited. Be like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see Justin Jefferson again. And you're like, oh, okay, it's over. Yeah, it was a terrible throw and a great catch. It was an absolute suicide throw. Like he he killed Jefferson. Dobbs like put it in a terrible Late, position. Jefferson high over the middle, behind him. Oh my God. Yeah, like <laughs> that's just an absolute terrible throw from your quarterback. Um, and he's paying for it. So I don't know if he's going to play. Like they're saying he's day to day. So maybe he will play. Even if he does, like you can't have Dobbs in there again. So I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be, but I'm sure Jefferson can can overcome a, a bad quarterback, but he has to have a quarterback that's not going to throw him hospital balls every single uh, play. So, and I, I don't, are they still in the playoff hunt? I don't even know. Honestly, off the top of my head. Um, they can't be doing that well if, if they already benched Dobbs. Um, they are in the playoffs right now. So they, they might try to get him back out, out there and, and win some games. But yeah, my point still stands. I think he's going to go as far as Jefferson does. If Jefferson has, if he comes back and he's at full strength and he puts out a, a Jefferson game of, you know, 20, 25 points, I think the Mike can move on. If Jefferson doesn't play or he plays and gets re-injured in a quarter, I think he's probably one and done. So I think he, he has a very star heavy team and Jefferson has been an integral part. And we saw how he's performing with Jefferson in the lineup. And then we saw how he was performing without, and there is a huge difference between those two things. So yeah, I, I think watch the injury report and see if Jefferson plays. Otherwise, I don't think Steve's going to be very scared. Yeah, and you know what? Let's stop dancing around the topic because, you know, we just discussed all the one takeaway game. So let's jump forward to the playoffs. I am sorry, guys. If you guys didn't make the playoffs, we ain't talking about your game because it's not really worth it. That's kind of what you get as a playoff team. You get the recognition. So and you have been talking about my games all year. So <laughs> that's that's fair. There's I'm nothing sorry, new. <laughs> I'm sure the teams that haven't made the playoffs are pretty much already mentally checked out. So I don't even know if they're going to be listening to these pods. Brett, I hope you are because you're my boy. So if you're currently on your commute to school, make sure to uh, make sure to keep an eye on how things go. But regardless, drop a, drop a school bus emoji in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's see if you're with us. So with that being said, let's talk about the first playoff game, and that is going to be, of course, the game that the Southern Orioles smoke kind of snuck into Mike versus the Denver Brews. And we said, is he a contender? Is he a pretender? We're thinking maybe pretender, but hold your horses. Maybe Steve will be able to continue because I'm sure Darren listening right now is saying, Oh, of course he gets to go against Mike. His schedule luck continues in the playoffs. Uh, Whether that's true or not, where are you leaning here, Greggy? Because I know you say kind of uh, for Mike, it depends on if Jefferson plays or how well he plays. He lives and dies by it. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, we're both still leaning in one direction, right? Yeah, I picked Steve here. I think this, well, if I'm not doing it for the jokes, I think this game is closer than the other game. Um. So I could I could see an argument for Mike winning, but I think if Jefferson plays, he's not going to be fully healthy. He's going to have a bad quarterback. I don't know who that bad quarterback is going to be. Probably Nick Mullins, but he's going to have a bad quarterback, and he's probably not going to have the normal game that we expect. Uh, Kenneth Walker is still pretty banged up. Like he he's lost a lot of snaps to Charbonnet, who looks good. 
uh, and might even be starting for Steve's team, though I, I doubt it. But um, Pickens has been Pickens and Harris are in the Steelers system, which <laughs> is now without Kenny Pickett. And uh, oh, oh, I can shit on Darren because he had the take that Mitch Trubisky might be better than Kenny Pickett. Oh my! First off, I knew when he said that 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 was absolute just horseshit because Trubisky <laughs> is so much worse. I mean, it's hard to be that much worse than Kenny Pickett, but Trubisky is. He's really just so He makes bad. it possible. They might. So I, I don't know. It, it's not going to happen this week, but the buzz is like Mason Rudolph is getting some some buzz in the Pittsburgh oh, media. Oh, boy. So that's that's how bad Mitch Trubisky is, is that we might get Mason Rudolph back out there again. Um, What's Duck Hodges doing? You know, get him in the mix. It's like duck hunting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's been on a, a – I don't even think he's on a practice squad anymore, so – Anyway, um, yeah, he has two players tied to that offense, which I don't think is going to be really lighting up the scoreboard next week. So I, I just tend to lean Steve because they both have star power, like Mahomes and Allen. Allen has been performing a lot better. Mahomes has Way just better. not not had a good year by his standards. It's not his fault, really. He's I'm, I'm going to defend my own player. He's sort of in that Herbert tier of like. You can only do so much. Like if you if the if the receiver has his hands out and you put the ball in his hands and he drops it, that's not really on you as a quarterback. That's kind of just on the receiver. And the Chiefs also don't get into the the kind of shootouts that even the Chargers do for like Herbert. Where the Chiefs' defense is really pretty good and they can win on their defense alone, so they don't have to rely on Mahomes as much this year. Um, as they have in the past where he's been clicking. So I do think Allen's better, but you can always get a game from Mahomes where he drops 400 yards and three touchdowns and, and absolutely carries you to victory. But I, I just think overall across the roster, um, Steve's team is better. And we also may be getting Darren Waller back this week. And even if he's not back to full strength, I guarantee you he's better than Tanner Hudson. So <laughs> that's a net positive. <laughs> in the uh in the tight end position so i i just think overall steve's steve's better but i could see this one being close i just had an on-show pivot i was agreeing with you i had steve in here actually i think before even you had your answer in but i just pivoted because it is going to be so close and i have to do something to try to make up ground against you right greggy at least in so the can prediction i can standings. i pivot on the pivot oh are you pivoting to mike pick, i picked just steve because you picked I steve pick. and i wanted to game the score Oh, man. Oh, what's going to happen is uh, now my answer is whichever is opposite to Greggy's. That, that's my prediction. I was going to put Tommy's pick in, in my <laughs> spot. So that's actually funny. So you know what? Regardless, then, I'm going to go Mike here because, you know, I, I'm here for the storylines. And I feel like every single time in the uh, fantasy playoffs, at least, uh, as far as, you know, since the start of the PDL, it never goes according to plan, I feel like, or at least the past two years. There's always someone who makes a run. I'm not saying that's what Mike is going to do, but it's very rare where, you know, it's always the favorite that wins. And I, right now, just full disclosure, we are recording a little bit ahead. So thankfully, Greggy was able to kind of get ahead of it. And so we have the actual you know, game of the week breakdown for the game of the week playoff week. Uh, but the actual projections and stuff aren't there, like who's versing who. So we have to do everything manually. So it took a little bit of time. It was a little pain in the butt. So we don't actually know how close the percentage and everything is currently. But I am going to go with Mike. Uh, if only because uh, we also shared a uh, 
a redraft team in Yao's league and Mike got that team into the playoffs. So the least I could do is have his back here. So Mike, let's go win this one. Oh man. Could you imagine after like kind of mentally checking out and then going off with a playoff win? Darren would be so jealous. But anyway, speaking of Darren, let's talk about the game of the week. The Tanish and the Boulder Bears taking on Carolina Thunder and Darren's team. This game has a lot of fun storylines. If anything, Darren has Tanish's first round pick. And the reason Tanish went so hard this year is because Darren didn't give up his pick back. So he's like, I'm going to make this as worst possible. So now, Darren, you control the destiny. Are you going to be able to knock Tanish out so you know exactly where your pick's going to be? Or are you going to lose? So... Yeah, but the annoying thing is he has his own pick. So Tanish is either helping him by knocking him out and making his own pick better or <laughs> Tanish getting knocked out and his picks better. So Darren, Darren's going to get a, a decent draft pick out of it either way, though. I assume he would prefer to win. Mm -hmm. I feel like 100% Darren would take that route as well because Darren, I'm going to say it again because I feel like this is uh, my time is limited when I can say it, but Darren has never won a playoff game before. He is one of the few, I feel like he has almost always been in the playoffs. Um, except last year was the very first time he missed. Uh, but up until that point, he was the only owner that never missed, obviously, uh, until he did. That's a dumb um, stat, obviously. But despite the amount of times he's made an appearance, he's never won once. So he is now featured in the game of the week. This one is going to be fun. And Darren also has been probably the hottest team in the PDL, especially uh, of the past couple of weeks, as I have already prefaced multiple times in this podcast. So with that being said, Greg, let's give this game the game of the week treatment. And once again, full disclosure, we don't have the full matchups ahead of us. So we did our best to kind of manually go in there and check. So some of them we have matchups. And then later on, we're like, you know what? This is taking too much time. So let's just have the actual who versus. So before we get there, uh, I did want to give that disclosure. So let's jump in right away, Greggy. What does the quarterback room look like here? Yeah, and I don't think we're doing this. We do, we're doing this in a normal time for just sleeper. I think yeah. playoff weeks waits an extra day before they post the the matchups because otherwise, if they put someone in the playoffs and then take them out, sleeper support will get blasted with fucking support requests. Like, mm. I was in the playoffs. What happened? They're taking that extra day for the stat corrections and everything. Actually, yeah. if you look at it right now, typically, like you just mentioned, we would have the uh, matchups already. But yeah, do you Super think Brian extra time. was dreaming about stat corrections last night? You know, I feel like he had to, right? It's only one and a half points. I feel like that's, uh, is that a little bit too? No, that's totally in. That's like a fumble. Like what? Yeah. What like if that forward pass was like, actually a yeah. fumble? Or just that, yeah, just a couple of, I feel like he definitely did, but the I yards. feel like, oh man, it definitely has to sting. And just to add insult to injury, he just got Mike Evans, who had what, like his own, like his lowest scoring input of the entire week after he acquired him. So just so many layers onto it, unfortunately, but Mike Evans is the wide receiver for Darren's quarterback, Baker Mayfield versus the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. I'm a fucking natural who... Uh, also has Matt Stafford versus the Washington uh, Commanders. Ooh, close. Uh, almost got the podcast canceled. And Tanish has, this format is throwing me off here. Uh, Tanish has Gardner Minshew versus Pittsburgh and what we assume is Zach Wilson versus Miami because he has Aiden O'Connell in there, but I would guess that he's going to go back to Zach Wilson after he played pretty well. And Aiden O'Connell just didn't look very good. Uh, the Raiders had a uh, hot couple weeks after uh, Pierce took over a coach, and then they just 
are back to the the Raiders since then. So I would expect it'll be Zach Wilson, but all, all of these are subject to change and, you know, take your complaints to the trash can if you, uh, if you disagree with us. So man, I, this is not a pretty matchup for quarterbacks. Like I don't want to watch this match. Like Mayfield, Stafford, Minshew, maybe Zach. Will, like oh man, this is, and this is the playoffs. Like this is, I feel like a good yeah. microcosm of how this season has gone for once again, how it kind of ended up being. Right. Yeah, I mean, we could have like Anthony Richardson and Joe Burrow in here. That would make it a little bit better. Let's say. Um, I guess I'll go Darren. I think Stafford is the best quarterback by far of this group, but for Agreed, fantasy, completely. not as much. Like he, he's not. He's a much better real life quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback. So that doesn't help when we're playing fantasy football as much. But I, I do think Darren has an edge here. Um, yeah, not, not really a lot to say. Like Minshew's going up against the Pittsburgh defense, which is pretty good, and Wilson. Looked good last week, but that's not a very large sample size of him looking good. So, if I anything, if history repeats says anything, he he's definitely not going to have another good game. That's like almost out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, so I'll go with Darren here just for the consistency's sake. Yeah, and it's not like we're giving him a major edge, being like, oh, you know, like sometimes with Mike, we're like, oh, well, yes, Josh Allen, so he gets that superstar factor. So yeah, he gets that. Like this one, we're just like, oh, yeah, I guess no, I'll just put out it- of default. I'll put it in uh, terms that Darren can understand. Darren's quarterback room is one poopy diaper. Tanish's quarterback room is two poopy diapers. There we go. Darren's like, why does why don't they talk like that all the time? It's, it's makes so much more sense. Anything but the me. metric system for, uh, for Americans. <laughs> of course. So, all right. Hopefully the formatting gets a little bit better for you moving forward. So what does the running back room look like here? Yeah, Darren has ETN and Gibbs versus Pollard's. Plural Pollards and Mostert. yeah, but Pollards. <laughs> Maybe he. I, should, I, could, I was just being a dick. I should have just ignored it. No, you just um, went uh, Anchorman style, right? You have to read what's in front of you. Yeah, because the the one has a comma and then the one has a. Anchorman. Oh man, we are all over the place here. Yeah, yeah. I want to correct that. Uh, yeah, Etienne and Gibbs versus Pollard and Mostert. It's Etienne and Gibbs. I don't think there's a lot of. Although Mostert can blow up, but I think HN and Jeff Wilson. Is Jeff Wilson back healthy? I think he is. Um, he's probably not going to get that much work. I don't know. I don't know if it's as easy. You kind of made it. Am so I just? Am I looking at the name value and I'm just like Mostert's not? Yeah, very I good, think so. I mean, look at his. Just look at Mostert's game log right now. I know it's uh, a cop out. Kind of hit or miss though. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. But I feel like um, while I agree with you, I feel like just kind of looking at it, I tend to lean Darren. But then I kind of look at it a little bit closer and I'm like, I don't know. Pollard's been picking up. Slide. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like it's definitely closer, but t- I, I I do have to agree with you though. I do give a slight edge over to Darren. Uh, but once again, I feel like it's it's very close, at least to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Jameer Gibbs has kind of slowed down a little bit too. Uh, maybe I'm just going in the name value there. You know what? I pick Tanish. Oh, I like the pivot. I mean, it doesn't because... matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I know. I know. I know, but I, once again, I feel like none of us would really be surprised. Etienne playing Baltimore, which I really don't like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Lawrence is banged up. I think that offense is going to be – I think there's a Ooh. shot that they get shut out versus Baltimore. Like the Ravens have been that good. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to – Ravens are just going to run the clock down. 
Ravens Very are just going to force them to beat play. them with the pass, right? Especially if Lawrence is out and stuff like that. And all they have to do is shut down ETN, and I feel like they're just going to have it wrapped. I think the Ravens can shut down the pass and the run at the same time against a team like the Jaguars, um, <laughs> realistically. They're just on like a different level. They're like an actual Super Bowl contending team, and Jacksonville's just kind of an ascending team, and they're not really there yet. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll pivot and give, give it to Tanish. Love it. So what does the wide receiver room or a, I guess the wide receiver uh, battle, I should say, look like? CD Lamb, uh, Debo Samuel and DJ Moore versus Amon Ra, Ayuk and what we presume would be Zay Flowers in there, which makes sense after the Andrews injury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think this one's a little bit more straightforward, a little bit easier. I know, I guess name value wise kind of uh, makes know. it a little bit closer. I don't know where you're going with this. Really? I- I'm going over Darren on this one. I feel no. like with uh, CeeDee Lamb has been doing, with Debo has been in back-to-back games, and DJ Moore has just been an absolute monster so far this year. I am going to take that route only because I feel like at the end of the day, there are some questions when it comes over to specifically the third wide receiver option. I know right now it's in question where we said, say, Flowers. I feel like the edge that Darren has on that one is significant enough where I say, I I, I wouldn't say comfortably, but more confidently than almost all the others I am taking. Since Andrews is out, Zay Flowers put up 20.7 and 17 points. He's a touchdown in both games. He has eight targets and 10 targets. I don't know. Uh, yeah, then my argument would be that's a nice sample size. Now just look at what DJ Moore has been doing almost this entire season. I'm not uh, saying that he's averaging like 20 points a game, but I don't know. For me, what Lamb has been doing, what Debo has been doing, I feel like there's just enough here where I'm like, yeah, it, it could be close. But to me, I, I just, I don't know. At this point in the playoffs, give me uh, Darren's receiver group, and I feel like I'd be, I feel pretty good about it. I'll take Tanish. I love this. How I about- think Amon Ra is underrated. He's, this is the first week he didn't put up double-digit points the entire season. Ayuk, to me, is uh, – maybe this is a hot take. Oh, I'm going to get fucking put on blast for this. I think he's the best like NFL receiver of all these guys. I don't think that's a hot take necessarily, but my gonna... argument would be that doesn't necessarily matter in fantasy because no, Debo I, is guaranteed touches. He's been great. Ayuk mm-hmm. is wide receiver. He's a wide receiver one. I don't know what he is in our, in our scoring format. Because the thing at the top of the sleeper doesn't... That's not for our format. But I don't know. I I've, I think it's close, but I, I would go Tanish on that. Gotcha. How about for the tight end battle? Uh, Hawkinson versus Kittle, which is... Oh. Oh man, I know, I know. This one's tough. Hawkinson's been better. If I want to use that argument of like who's who's been playing better, but that quarterback situation has been dire. Um, recently, he still put up ten points this week, but I don't know. I didn't Almost watch Nick Mullins. Yeah, but if Jefferson plays, though, I think the volume will be less because he only played what a couple snaps in the game. Um, if he's out there, there will be less volume for, for Hawkinson with a terrible team. And they just put up three points. So I don't know what the touchdown upside is, but. I don't think uh, there is any. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess Kittle. I don't know. 
yeah, this one's as close as a push as I can think of. I also kind of side with Kittle, but just because you're going Kittle, I guess I'll go Hawk because it is really that close. And at least for me, it's the comfort of knowing that this is tight end premium, one point per catch. And Hawk, even with Jefferson there, I, I really can't imagine that, you know, he's going to get less than like six targets, you know? And I'm not going to say he's going to catch all of them, but that's pretty I nice. Floor. Pretty target than a. Oh, I completely Nick agree Mullins. with that. But then there's, I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the San Francisco are completely blowing them out. Uh, it's just one of the games where Kittle gets targeted like three times. Maybe they'll catch one for like 32 yards. But yeah, maybe that's about it. I think, you know, I think either one of them could score two points. And I think either oh. one of them could score 25 points. So it makes it really hard when they're coming. For of me, I same. just feel safer. Maybe that's just a uh, fallacy for me for Hawk. I think even despite the tight, or not tight, I'm sorry, quarterback that's throwing him the ball. Just, I feel like just because of the role he plays, but your argument is fair. I mean, that was kind of what was established without uh, Jefferson there, but I feel like just his whole career so far in Minnesota, that's kind of the role that he's been in. If it's Jeff, not Jefferson, it's going to go to Hawk. And this was even with uh, Dalvin Cook and that kind of run first-ish type of role that they did last year. But regardless, let's jump over to the flex. What does this battle look like? Um, DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams versus... What we assume would be James Conner and Zach Moss, although he has JSN in there this week because um, Conner was on a bye. I would, yeah, we we kind of collectively decided to put James Conner in there, but I think either way. Oh no! Now I'm looking at this again. Oh my god! <laughs> Zach Moss is just oh, he's playing the Steelers, and the Steelers are really not very good right now. Maybe you want to pivot him out then for JSN. No, 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 no. I mean, Zach Moss is going to be good against the Steelers. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying like, oh, no, like I should take him out. I was like, all right, we can make a switch. No, no, no. I want to play players against the Steelers now because they're falling apart. TJ Watt has a concussion. Um, and he is. Yeah, the I was Steelers. a little shady. What happened there, huh? Is that a joke? Is that a... Oh, actually, no, no pun intended, but I guess <laughs> okay. maybe. I thought that was, uh, I thought you were being clever. I was giving you credit there. And then you just, uh, didn't, didn't take it, man. No, Try to set you it's, up. It's, it's the honesty. Honest. It's the honesty that's coming through. You know, sometimes... you're just too clever for your own good. You don't even recognize it. Just man, natural. This guy, natural hype man. But so you're saying Zach Moss check marks up. James Conner kind of been, you know, he is what he is, and the Arizona offense has uh, been a little bit more stagnant than you would like with Kyle Murray back. But still, he's gonna get his and his volume and the role that he plays in the Arizona offense is already established. So he's gonna be pretty good too. But then I feel like Darren on the other hand has more of the name value as well. And you could also make the argument that some players maybe do for a little bit. But that Swift could also been... be a fallacy. Woof. I'm just looking Not just at this. Swift, it's just the Eagles it. in general, bud. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> 8.9. 3.0, 3.9 the last three weeks. Uh, it has not been not been that good. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, Javante's been okay. He's had a couple good weeks here and there. So he's been pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're more talented. They're the more the two more talented backs, but that doesn't necessarily matter if they're not going to get the volume or um, if Philly just doesn't keeps being unable to run the ball. Like his efficiency hasn't been that good. He hasn't been getting that many touches. So. I'm not sure there. Um, Denver's been looking better, but they're also kind of winning with like defense and just being um, good defensively. So, oh man, can you pick this one first? Yeah, this one is really tough. It almost kind of is the mindset of, do you want to go with all reliable 
or sometimes the Costco have. brand is better. You don't need that's the, what I was just gonna you don't say. Need the Gucci. You need the Costco. Yeah, right. In the playoffs, sometimes you just need the reliable. You don't need the whole, oh man, but maybe this uh ticket that uh ceiling's a lot higher, but the floor could also be non-existent. But I think even with that being said, this you could call me out on this one too, Greggy, but uh, my Eagles bias is coming out. Um, there's been an uproar on everyone saying how the Eagles have to run the ball more, uh, despite how terrible we have been at doing it, but still saying like we still have to establish it. And I know this has been, of course, what everyone's been saying for the past two weeks, and still they haven't done it. But for whatever dumb reason, I feel like this is finally going to be the time where we start running it more. And I'm not saying that DeAndre Swift might is going to be the primary beneficiary because we could probably have a committee or rotation or whatever. But finally, if there is ever a get right game, I think this is the one. And that's the only reason. Uh, and this is terrible analysis by me. I'm almost ignoring Connor Moss and Javante. I'm just strictly just looking at Swift. I'm like, yeah, there's gotta be a bounce. back. if the Eagles have anything, this is the game that you have to show a pulse of because this whole season as an Eagles fan, I'm like, all right, well, we're still not playing at our best. So we're hoping for it. And guess what? They'll, Fantasy season is pretty much over and the Eagles have never really gotten right. So maybe this is just how our offense looks, but this is just my dumb bias coming in saying, yeah, maybe it is just me just picking Darren just for the sake of Darren. But yeah, this is just a long window by saying there is a slight edge and that's where I would go. But my heart says, man, you got to go all reliable here in the playoffs, but maybe I'm just making a mistake here. How about you? I, I guess this really stuff. I'll take Tanish, I guess. Um, my concern here is is I know what you're saying with Swift, and I get it, but I also have the the feeling of as the season goes on, DeAndre Swift to me mentally is a running back who's gonna get worse over the course of the year. And that's kind of what he's been doing. Now I haven't watched him, so I have absolutely no clue. I've been checked out for the last two weeks. I don't watch Eagles games. I don't know if he looks worse. <laughs> If it's the them just not running the ball or they're not running the ball because they haven't been as good running the ball. Like if I'm looking at these efficiency stats, he's he's not been that great. And you don't think of DeAndre Swift as like Derrick Henry as a guy who gets better the more he gets the ball. So I I, I don't I think he for me, honestly, is the the one I would want the least of these four. I think Javante would be the one I want the most. And then probably Zach Moss, then James Conner, then DeAndre Swift. So I guess I'll take Tanish just for the, the two kind of more more steady players at this point. But I, I think Javante would be the one that I would pick out of all four of them. Yeah, I love that breakdown. So from the sounds of it, you've been leaning more heavily to Tanish <sighs> than Aaron. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, bud. Where are you going? Because everyone who listens to this podcast knows where I'm going. I got to go with my boy, Darren. I'm not picking against them. I have picked them almost every single week. Oh, no, I have picked them every single week this year outside of against me because he's just a butt of mine, and I'm not going to go against that. He's going to get his first playoff win this uh, ever uh, this year. So that's my prediction. But how about you? Because like I said, um, you kind of been leaning tannish, but you even were kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. I picked Tanish in the last three categories, I think by very close margins. And to me, the quarterbacks are going to decide it. So I, I picked Darren. I just, I, I don't think you can win 
a playoff game with Gardner Minshew and Zach Wilson. Oh, Tanish is about to show I mean, you. <laughs> I would love to be, to be proven wrong because this would be absolutely hilarious if he knocked Darren out of the playoffs. But I think Matt Stafford yeah, is a believe. tier above. Um, Baker Mayfield sucks, but Matt Stafford is a tier above. And to me, there's a scenario in which Tanish from his quarterbacks gets 10 points total. And I don't see that for Darren outside of like two catastrophic injuries. I think they'll like Mayfield will chuck the ball. I think he's probably good for 10. Has he ever had less than 10 points? He had a five point output, but in general, he's good for 10 points, even if he's not the flashiest. And Stafford is just kind of reliably in that like 15 point ish range. So I, I think they're pretty safe. Whereas the floor for Tanish's quarterbacks is negative points potentially for Zach Wilson. Like he can definitely put up negative points. So I, I think that makes a difference. So, so the positions are very close except quarterback. And I think that gives enough of an edge to Darren that I will pick Darren, but I, I don't know. It would be funny if Tanish win, wins. I feel, I would legitimately kind of feel bad for Darren. I know I shit on him on here all the time, but he cares a lot and he puts a lot of effort into this and to lose would be absolutely just heartbreaking. But that's what makes fantasy football so heartbreaking because let me tell you, um, and yes, this is me sniffing my own farts. I completely get it. So if you guys want to tune out, you can. I went undefeated this season. You would think that this would have felt great. I'm going to be honest. And I know what you're thinking, Greg. You're like, oh, boo-hoo, Tommy. You're crying from your you know, golden throne of being undefeated. It must suck to be you. I didn't win a game. I, I get that. I, I, I do. But after going through this season, I could completely 100% my opinion, of course, because I experienced it, can tell you going into the future fucking sucks. I hated this season. I went into every single week not being like, oh, yay, my team popped off. Or, oh, great, look, this week Christian McCaffrey did X, Y, and Z. It was more of, God, I just don't want to lose this week because, you know, I, I'm undefeated and it's going to feel like such a disaster if I lose. And now, after accomplishing it, I would be like, oh, my God, now time to be so arrogant. Be like, ah, look, guys, I'm undefeated. But now it sucks even more because now I'm in the playoffs. And now if I lose, it's going to be like even worse <laughs> because that has like the uh, what the Patriots 19 and oh or 19 and one. Sorry, I think that was their record at the end of the season when they went undefeated uh, and couldn't finish it off. But the thing is that I might not even make it at that point. Like I'd be pumped if I can make it to the championship and lose at this point, because like I said, I just discovered that I have to now go through Darren. And so that's not cool at all either. So. With all of that being said, this is going to be a lot of fun because right now we have the storyline of Mike sneaking into that, you know, playoffs or that wild card and taking on Steve. And right now I'm picking Mike to be able to win it. So not only sneak in, but be able to get a playoff win. That is not too shabby. And then, of course, the huge storyline of Darren versus Tanish. I feel like this has been that new rivalry. And um, before we sign off, wouldn't you agree? that this is really blossoming into that next rivalry because Darren always has someone on his shit list. And with kind of Brett now turning that new leaf, Darren can't really go head to head against Dubrovnik anymore. Unfortunately, Hollywood just missed that playoff. Sorry for bringing that up, Brian, uh, again. But now it's kind of like Tanish. And what better poetic way than the game of the week being exactly that, Darren versus Tanish, kind of establishing that rivalry, huh? I think he needs to be on a podcast, really, for the um, the rivalry to become a thing. <laughs> because you know it only got like intense with with Brian and Brett when they actually started talking shit. Like you can type stuff in the chat, but that doesn't have the same weight. It's like clap back. 
Yeah. It's like arguing with someone on a podcast. So I think he's going to maybe, maybe if he records like a voice memo and then drops it in chat, just shitting on Darren, that would be Ooh. pretty great. I would love that. Um, just like the, on the league, you know, when like Ruxin would send stuff on the message boards and stuff. That's, <laughs> I love that's what that. I want to see. Um, just something that, that I can't even play it without earphones in. Cause my girlfriend would <laughs> hear it and be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what are you watching? That yeah, was has, disgusting. Has to be that level. Could you imagine if Tanish all of a sudden just turns just out and just becomes like the ultimate that. shit talker? He's dropping like YouTube videos that he's like recorded ahead of time. He's like a WWE heel. <laughs> got like a fucking outfit. He's like shirtless. He's got the championship belt and the sun sunglasses on. He's gonna do the thing. Oh, did I, I didn't tell you. Uh, one thing I wanted to do, uh, but I couldn't find anything as. Uh, I mean, we're at the end of the podcast, so we could kind of derail. But one fun thing I wanted to do was uh, get a billboard at Medford, Oregon, on the route that Max takes to work for a Delco Dreamers Championship um, billboard. For and it could be just like electronic because I know it's not that expensive. And I tried looking, and I even asked Welsh, "Like, do you know his route to work?" So I could just check the highways to see if there's any like billboard, like you know, rental. Do you and stuff. know his route to work? And he was like, yeah, I think he takes like this route. What? So I looked at the, you know, highways. I looked at blah, 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 like from his house and stuff. And I, I was able to find some, but I was like, oh my God, I can't find like any vacancy. So I, I've been keeping an eye and I have an email alert right now in case any openings. That's happen. insane to me that f- first off, do friends know like what routes other friends take to work? Like that's, that's crazy to me that someone knows that. Well, no, I think it was more of like a hypothesis. It would have been like same if you were to ask okay. me about Darren. I'd be like, all right, this is Darren's address. I know he works from home primarily, but I know he goes into the office as well. So I would kind of type in his address and then his work. I'd be like, all right, there's like a 90% chance he takes this highway. And I'd I just like, imagine right. you you like PayPal'd Welch some money to like <laughs> sit outside the bushes <laughs> of Max's house with like a you know fake mustache on and some glasses and then just tail him in his car when he leaves in the morning to figure out which way he goes. That, yeah, that no. would be actual dedication. No, no, even better. I, I just uh, pay well should be like, all right, I just sent you in like the Apple AirTag. I need you to drop this into Max's car at some point so I could just trace them. I, I just need <laughs> to see everything. But yeah, so that just, it was just funny because yeah, that's just how deep I was trying to get to. But I was uh, unfortunately not able to find it. But I do have some things that I had a graphic designer mock up a couple things in case I am able to find that uh, vacancy. But uh, good old Maxie. Oh, hopefully, um, if you've heard this part, um, that sh- hopefully isn't a surprise to you uh, because I feel like maybe the word have gotten out or slid out at some point. But if it is news to you, um, yeah, you better hope that I don't get that email notification saying that a vacancy of a billboard has opened up because that I advertising 100%. space in Medford, Oregon is hot right now. Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right now. Everyone's trying to bid there. Everyone's I like, think- oh, this this place is booming. <laughs> I, what was it last time they... They said something about Medford and I Googled it. And like the first picture was like a trash can in a park. That was like the picture <laughs> that came up for Medford when you Google it for some reason. I don't know why. That's actually hilarious. And so, yeah, hopefully the advertised space will not continue to be expensive or at least have vacancies. Because like you said, for whatever reason, it's high in demand. But Greg, I'm just sure you are super, super excited. I guess the last question I'm going to ask you is, have you been okay with the development of the this uh draft class i know you've been looking forward to it i know there's been a lot of ups and downs i know people are finally declaring and whatnot but i know didn't the running back class just take a hit i feel like one of the top running backs decided to go back right uh travion henderson went back but yeah that's it he wasn't really i i think he was probably going to be the top 
drafted running back for fantasy. I don't know. I I, I don't know. He didn't he, none like none of the running backs had a really great year, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. He he was injured again and he looked he had a couple good games where he performed well, but other than that, he was just injured. So I think he would have gotten drafted on name recognition and for running backs, it probably makes more sense to go back if you have NIL money, uh, which he probably does at Ohio state. So that's not that surprising. There's a couple running backs, but in general, I would be, I mean, I we'll see, like we're still a ways out. So with the combine and stuff, but I would be shocked if in our PDL draft, a running back went before like two Oh four, maybe. Like it's it's a pretty weak class combined with a lot of depth at wide receiver and then probably quarterback. I think there will be three quarterbacks taken in the top ten, and then maybe another one or two, and then the back half of the first slash second round. So I think there will be a lot of guys to pick from. Um, there could be like ten wide receivers that go in the first you know two rounds of our PDL draft. So I think there's a lot of depth there. I, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. It, I think it pretty much lived up to the hype. There's a couple guys that, that fell off a little bit, but you have the, the established guys didn't really hurt the draft position. And then a couple new guys came up um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Jane Daniels looks great. Just won the Heisman. So I think he's, he's that third top 10 quarterback. I, I think by the time the process is over, he will go in the top 10. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be an absolute wild draft class to follow to kind of see where the hype goes, to see whose stock goes up and down. And I always keep an eye on it, but it's always a little bit jealousy because I'm like, oh, man, I can't get at any of these guys. So I'm definitely going to be closely monitoring uh, what you say. You'll trade in. Uh, yeah, I know. Or at least I'm going to try. We'll see. We'll see. You're, coy. You're playing coy. I know, maybe. But I think overall, I am going to be very closely monitoring specifically what you say, because you have a track record of being very honest almost all the time. You're always like, I'm not like Darren. I'm not going to lie to you. But I also know the 4D mind games that you also play as well, because this is like you just told Brett earlier in this podcast. This is where your season kind of begins, and you have been navigating it in like the most unpredictable fashion or at least for me like i'm always like oh is he gonna do this is he gonna do that and then whatever you end up doing i'm like oh my gosh like that wasn't even i had like all these different universes planned out but for whatever reason i didn't even think of this one so i i'm always really interested to see how your mind works and how you're navigating your team so brock bowers is incredible he's gonna be a hall of famer please draft (laughs) brock bowers and then now I'm just like, he's saying this on the pod. He has a track record saying if he ever digs a tight end, it's not going to, oh, I don't know what's going on. Now I'm malfunctioning. Now I have to digest. So, guys, this is going to be a fun offseason of all the mind games. So until then, take care. And uh, all you playoff teams, congratulations. And all you non-playoff teams, um, get good. All right, now that's a wrap for this episode of the PDL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you guys on the next one.